0: Good morning and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program with the African Sisters Media Network. And we are speaking to, I'm really excited, uh, Ms. Faye Faye Wilson-Kennedy and uh, Mr. Kevin Carter, Brother Carter, about the Sacramento Poor People's Campaign uh, program to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm going to let them just take it away and talk about the Poor People's Movement, um, the campaign, uh, the uh, and as well as, you know, what they have planned um, for Dr. King's birthday. There's so much going okay. on now. Oh, my goodness.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Miss um,
0: okay. uh, Faye, do you want to start um, maybe sure. and talk Thank about you. what is yeah. Poor People's Campaign?
2: Sure. Thank you Wanda very much for inviting uh Brother Carter and I as well as the uh, Poor People's Campaign uh to the uh to your uh your your show. So, uh the Sacramento Poor People's Campaign is part of the California Poor People's Campaign, which is part of the um national Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. And today Brother Carter and I will be talking about How Sacramento Poor People's Campaign will be honoring Dr. Keene on his actual birthday, even though nationally we will celebrate his birthday on January 18th. His actual birthday is January 15th, and he was born in 1929. So we will be uh, celebrating his birthday. Uh, The uh, National Poor People's Campaign, as well as the California and the Sacramento Poor People's Campaign, we've been around for about three-plus years. Uh, working in a fusion movement, uh, working and engaging uh, poor folks, low-income folks uh, around particular principles. And those principles or pillars uh, is talking about systematic racism, poverty, the war economy, and ecological devastation, and building unity across race, class, gender, Religious line uh, And to create what we know Or what Brother Carter and I know Is a fusion movement uh, And everything And so I'm going to stop here And then have Brother Carter talk a little bit more About the campaign
3: and everything
4: Alright, thank you Faye And um, mm-hmm. thank you Wanda and uh, For allowing us to come And uh, to your show And, and speak on um, The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and the Poor People's Campaign. Um, as we know, um, Dr. King and the uh, Southern Christian leadership and Reverend, Reverend uh, Ralph Abernathy are the, uh, the founders of this uh, movement. And uh, as well, we came in uh, to the movement, um, I re- actually started in 2012-13 um, in uh, out of the Occupy movement, uh, and started to Occupy the Dream. And then from there, we went into a working group, uh, which was uh, the Poor People's Campaign, uh, to keep the same um, presence of what Dr. King was doing. And in 2017, as Faye has uh, uh, told you, we um, was invited by Reverend uh, Barber, William Barber, to come into the Poor People's Campaign in 2017, which was the 50th anniversary of the Poor People's Campaign that started in 1967, uh, and where we're at today in this uh, moral fusion, uh, uh, moral revival, and this fusion movement, is to bring uh, the different sizes, shapes, and colors of our our, our nation together. Uh, what Dr. King started in '63 is a multiracial democracy, and this is where we're uh, at uh, today and what uh, democracy is facing uh, from this uh, attack uh, that we see uh, from the uh, extremists. Uh, And and saying that um, uh, as they continue to put uh, uh, this uh, attack in front of us that's happened to our democracy, uh, the most important thing that we uh, need to do is pay attention uh, to uh, what's happening uh, across the country uh, when it comes to 140 million people uh, uh, in poverty today. Uh, and not only that, uh, since this pandemic, another 8 million has uh, arrived uh, in that poverty um, due to the uh, pandemic. But but not only this uh, pandemic of, 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 of this uh, virus, uh, but we have a pandemic of, of poverty uh, that hasn't been addressed uh, Uh, by those leaders in our nation in this divide. And one of the things that uh, we want to do is to make sure that this does not, you know, uh, be the front, you know, of this new beginning of a new presidency. Uh, We have to make sure that, you know, we continue to put uh, the forefront of poverty in in front of these things, uh, not racism and and, and racist views. Uh, We know the country has been divided before we even – Got uh, to this point and, and, and it's going to continue to have A divide until our Leaders come and do the right thing In the democratic process And one of those things is we've already done The right thing in the voting Now we have to get the houses together To make sure that they pass legislation And policies To move the nation forward And, and out of this uh, great divide That is what is causing the divide It's an economic divide uh, in our nation, uh, to where the powers to be uh, on the corporate side are not allowing us to uh, have legislation, they continue to lobby against the things of our needs. So, our um, the poor people's campaign is determined and willing to make sure that we make this happen. It's important uh, that uh, you know we we be at the forefront of, of what's happening today
1: mhm
0: mm-hmm. right and and you all have a particular specific program plan um at the capitol on Friday. Why't do you tell us about that
2: sure so it's it won't be held at the capitol uh it will be actually it will be held across the street from the capitol at the li- at this california state library on you know on the on the sidewalk and the reason we're doing that is because it's the library, represent literature, represent words. And so what we're going to do, our two national leaders, Reverend Barber and Reverend Liz Theo Harris, they issued a statement around uh, what happened at our national ca- nation capital on January 6th. We all witnessed that on TV. And so what we will do in Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento Poor People campaign members, we're going to stand in front of the uh, California State Library um, and read the statement. So each one of our members will read a paragraph and words from that particular statement. We're hoping the media will come out and cover that. If they don't come out and cover that, that's okay. We're going to read anyway. And then we will pack up. And then that evening from three to five, we will host uh, uh, a Zoom virtual Community discussion where people can talk about what they're feeling, what they're going through, uh, next steps, um, because there has not been a lot of community discussion where people have come together and talk about, you know, so you have people, some people may be angry, some people may be afraid, parents with children may not know what they can say to their children or how to explain it. Some people think this is something new for Black folks that we witness. We 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 know it happens. It has happened multiple times in our in our nation's history, and so it's things like that that we can explore during our community forum and everything. If people have if people have access to Facebook, they can go to the Sacramento Poor People's Campaign, uh, Poor People's Campaign Sacramento Facebook page. There's information there. Uh, and we just would like to just come together and talk about what happened, uh, how people are feeling, kind of like doing a check-in with our community members, with our members and everything. And, of course, everything is free.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. Oh, that's great. That's really great. That's mm-hmm. a community check-in. Yes. 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 It's yeah, it's a community check And we encourage other communities, uh, whether they're a part of the campaign or not, is to to kind of like do a check-in with people because for a lot of folks, it really rocked them to see the violence. But like I said, the violence that we witnessed on January 6th, uh, in our history, folks, black folks have seen that violence. Latino folks have seen that violence. Uh, The Asian community, the indigenous folks uh, within our nation have seen violence like that. Uh, it hasn't been documented necessarily the way it was documented on January 6th. but we need people to understand it wasn't anything new. We hope it will be le- the last time such violence like that will happen. Uh, when, when people were fighting for the voting rights, uh, people people incurred that type of violence to keep folks from organizing around that and everything. So it's important that people understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I was wondering um if if you could um maybe share a little bit more about the uh historic um uh poor people's campaign that is um the reasons for it and and what happened because um Dr. King I believe he passed before mm-hmm. um the uh, the march on Washington um you know for poor people and jobs and and freedom could happen sure. and I as wanted as you to talk a little bit about that and also talk about you know the leadership um, uh, Reverend um, Dr. William Barber and uh, Reverend um, Liz Theo Harris and um, yeah if you could talk about that a little bit and and then if you could just sort of um, maybe um, ease into the 100 days of, of the next administration because you all have sure. plans. It's not like you're just working oh, yeah. there, There's something. There's things yeah. like concrete yeah.
2: <laughs> that, right. that you're, yeah. you're asking for. Mm-hmm.
4: Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brother Clark, uh, I'm going to
2: let you talk about the campaign. Go ahead.
4: I was, actually, I was going to do the first piece yeah, she asked about the,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
4: the work of Dr. King. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to do that is because a lot of people don't know uh, here in Sacramento, um, Uh, everywhere across the nation, uh, has a Martin Luther King Boulevard. We're the only one uh, in Sacramento and in the state of California in the nation uh, that has one that connects with his birthday, um, which is Martin Luther King and 15th Avenue, and that's in our community of Oak Park. But in saying that, that that is the cornerstone. In January, uh, back in um, 2015, his daughter, uh, Bernice King, came here. Dr. King uh, came here. Uh, I always told her I would recognize her as Dr. Bernice King. And uh, when I pointed that out to her, uh, chills ran through her body, and she told me uh, that, you know, this is important. Uh, this corner uh, is a cornerstone of my father's birthday and legacy, and uh, it should be, you know, uh, recognized uh, uh, for that. And at that time, there was a No Youth Left Behind Center that was there that was being acknowledged by her, uh, and it was also named uh, after her father, was was the Dr. King Educational Center. But in saying that, that brings us um, uh, to this <clears throat> last week that we had discussed and about uh, the Poor People's Campaign and what her father was doing uh, to empower people, and that was was made the threat on his life when his last trip was in Memphis uh, uh, to uh, uh, bring the concern to the garbage workers. And, and today that happened to the garbage, the garbage workers in that strike uh, is the same strike today that we see with the, uh, the minimum wage workers and fast foods um, and saying that. So the poor people's campaign uh, with uh, uh, the Southern leading a uh, Christian leadership and, uh, Ralph Abernathy and that whole entire body was to uh, construct a movement uh, to not just uh, help to get people out of poverty, but create poverty prevention to not go into poverty. And, and, and that's where our, our movement uh, sustains today to do those things, to bring the consciousness and awareness to the things that Dr. King talked about that holds to the revolution of value, uh, those values and the principles If a man cannot, if uh, if a man does not have the boots or the bootstraps to to lift himself up, then how could he lift himself up? And then to prior legislation uh, uh, at that time, there there was uh, not a deep concern. Only until uh, Lyndon B. Johnson uh, started a poor people's uh, uh, fight poverty program uh, with the with the government, but Dr. King's uh, program on poverty was. Was more overwhelming uh, than what the, uh, President Johnson was trying to do, and so um, and that was the last uh, time that this movement was structured uh, uh, to 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 go further, you know, uh, um, to uh, to uh, overcome poverty, and then things kind of fell apart. So so that brings us to where we are today uh, when we, we talk about poverty. Uh, and uh, the poor, uh, which is there's 140 million people that are in poverty, and uh, and, and in that poverty, uh, 45% of the people uh, uh, live below the poverty line. So as I said before, we have 8 million uh, people today that have fallen into poverty uh, during this pandemic. So th- there's a, a a deep urgency uh that 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 holds today and even uh before uh getting to this point um and before Joe Biden and Kamala Harris became vice president uh president and vice president as they're going to be uh we had a forum in Washington DC uh, June 19th of um, I believe it was uh
1: 2019 uh and, Correct. Um,
4: and right. co- I was there Trinity mm-hmm. Cathedral. And uh, as you saw, we, we asked each one of them individually what uh, they were going to do about people living in poverty. So today, this is where we're at now that they're in office to see that see if these, uh, if these candidates are going to hold uh, to their words, you know, to, uh, making sure that poverty is on the agenda. Uh, as you see around the country, is devastating right now. Uh, because of what's happening uh, with uh, universal health care and all of these things that are going to be needed. Uh, people are they're losing their businesses. People are losing their, their homes, uh, uh, apartments, you know, and, and so forth. So these so these things now are, the, like I say, is the most urgency now. And what's been put in front of it is this uh, ex, uh, right-wing extremism about whose country it is Uh, we have to understand it's our country it's everybody's country nobody's stealing it what's been stolen is the wealth of uh, of main street uh, that has been given to wall street and uh the major uh, corporations that where dr king talked about when those that continue to look to a higher allegiance and create a health war and so that's where we're at in our government and so what we're doing in this in this uh, transition is to change the narrative of these things so that we get back to the responsibility of taking care of everyday people who form this government, who legislate and petition in the right way, in a peaceful manner, you know, saying for their grievances, you know, to, to move this country forward. So uh, when we talk about Dr. King, those are the things that he was was trying to do before, he was assassinated. Um and so and where we pick up today is from that and see how we can move, you know, move forward, you know what I'm saying together, you know, and 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 make uh things possible uh for those that are are long suffering. Yeah, so I'll I'll leave it at that so they can uh move into the next segment.
2: Okay, good. Thank you, Brother Carter. I always like hearing you walk us through that part and everything. So, um, and thank you, uh, Wanda, for wanting to know more about what we call the 14 policy, the 14 policy priorities to heal the nation, a moral and economic agenda. Because in our country, we focus a lot on the physical violence, when people are fighting, when, you know, when, when folks are taking over the uh, our, our capital like we witnessed on January 6th. But there's also a such thing as called policy violence, where policies are developed and enacted without regard on how they impact people in general, but particularly poor folks and everything. And once again, you know, you heard Brother Carter talk about the 140 million uh, poor and low-income folks living in this country. And so the Poor People's Campaign has come up with these 14 policy priorities, and I'm just going to read a few. And then folks can visit our uh, National Poor People's Campaign website to get the, uh, the entire uh, 14 uh, policies and a little bit more information. And so the first one is just to enact comprehensive and just COVID-19 relief that provides free testing, treatment, vaccine, and direct payments to, poor, to the poor. Because oftentimes in these discussions, poor folks are left out of the discussion. Um, and so we want to make sure poor folks have have access to testing, treatment, vaccine, and direct payments and everything. Guarantee quality health care for all, regardless of any pre-existing condition. Raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour immediately. If we really want to change the way people can live and support themselves and their family, we're going to look have to look at the amount of money that they're able to make. And in some cities, $15 an hour may not be enough to pay the rent, particularly like folks who live in the Bay Area, people who live in, who, who live in L.A. and Southern California, a really large city. But we need to raise that minimum wage to $15 an hour. Update the po- poverty measurement. Guarantee quality housing for all. Nationally, we are witnessing a housing and a homeless crisis. And it is an epidemic proportion throughout California where we just don't have enough affordable housing for families to live. Enact federal jobs program to build up investments, infrastructure, public institutions, climate, climate resilience, energy efficient and socially beneficial industry and jobs in poor and low income neighborhoods. So oftentimes when people want to do these things, they build them in communities or they put up these uh, institutions where poor folks don't have access to them. And oftentimes many folks, poor folks, or low-income folks don't have cars, cars, Or transportation, public transport, or access to public transportation, or even if they have access to public transportation. So, for for example, in Sacramento, um, the buses and what we call light rail, which you guys call BART, it stops at a certain time. So, if you're working a shift job and your only transportation is public transportation, you don't have access to the type of employment and opportunities that other folks have. Uh, protect and expand voting rights and civil rights for folks. That is so crucial. We witnessed that uh, in, in 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 states, uh, in cities, people were being purged from ro- from the voting rolls. Places where people normally could go vote uh, were being shut down or being reduced. And so we really have to look at expanding voting rights and civil rights guarantee safe, quality, and equitable public education with support uh, to protect against resegregation. And this is critical. Um, We have to really understand that quality public education will determine your lot in life. So, it's not I have anything against a private school, it's not gonna have anything against a, a charter school, but the vast majority of folks uh need to have access to public education and it needs to be good quality education and we ought not to be moving towards resegregating ourselves in public in public education. So for example, people say, Well what do you mean about good quality education? so when when people cannot afford when people don't have a good quality education, it determines what jobs they get, and it determines that so many folks, uh, particularly black and brown and indigenous folks and even poor white folks, are in those front line jobs you know where they are exposed to the virus, where they're exposed to so many different people, and it impacts them in terms of them being able to um uh, 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 survive the virus and everything. So it's things like that. Your quality of education determines your quality of life, and that's so important that people make that connection. Uh, comprehensive and just immigration reform. We need to understand that immigrants don't take anything away from our country. They just add to our country. Um, engine that make us all great, and we need to understand that and everything. And we need to stop Um, making immigrants the enemy and reach our hand out to them and see them as our brothers and sisters, ensure the rights for all indigenous people. We still don't understand the trauma that this country has done to our indigenous brothers and sisters uh, and how it continues to uh, uh, traumatize uh, our indigenous brothers and sisters. And if people don't know what we mean when we say indigenous, we mean our Native American brothers and sisters, uh, particularly in the United States and everything. Enact fair taxes and targeted tax credit. So we all saw our, our government uh, a year, year ago gave massive tax cuts to the wealthy, and the rest of us are trying to figure out how we're going to pay our taxes. And how we're we're still waiting on our $600 check and everything. So things like that. Use the power of executive order. So in our country, one party has made another party look bad when they use executive orders. But when you can't engage in honest discussion and get things done, you have to use executive orders to move things forward. Uh, Redirect the bloated Pentagon budget towards these priorities as a matter of national security. So once again, we focus on violence as a national issue, but we don't focus on when you have 140 million people living in poverty, 140 million people who may, many of them who may be unhoused, who are working in low wage jobs who are struggling paycheck to paycheck and trying to figure out how they're going to get pay their rent, pay their mortgages, put food on the table, pay their electricity bill. that is a national security issue that we need to really look at the Pentagon's budget and figure out how we're going to move towards making sure everyone is living in sec- and then work with the PPC to establish a permanent presidential council uh, to advocate for these bold policy agendas. And so I went through the four of them in a very uh, brisk way with you, but we encourage people to visit the Poor People's Campaign website and to look at them to read in greater detail So there is such thing as policy violence, and we would like to end all forms of violence, whether it's physical violence, whether it's policy violence, and we can do that by familiarizing ourselves with that. We can do that by encouraging people to get involved with a poor people's campaign. There's a poor people's campaign uh, 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 network or chapter almost in in most major cities. So there's one in L.A. There's one, of course, in Sacramento. There's something going on in the Bay Area. There's something going, uh, a chapter, or group in the Inland Empire area, in Orange County. So we encourage people to get involved that way. And if you don't feel like getting involved with another group you can incorporate these policy uh, uh, priorities with existing groups. So both Brother and Carter and I are involved with the Poor People's Campaign, but we're also involved with other groups. So I'm a part of, I'm the immediate past president of the Sacramento Area Caucus. So we're going to be uh, uh, looking at these policy priorities and we're going to what role we can play in implementing them we already play a role in making sure all children particularly black and brown and indigenous children have access to quality education but we also know that if we don't change and somehow pay people a de- decent wage we're not going to be able to address systemic poverty in our country and everything so those are some of the things like you said we have a plan uh, and we would like people to become familiar with the plan, the four policy priorities to heal the nation, a moral and economic agenda for the first 100 days of the new administration. Uh, we think these are doable. Um, uh, they not they are not outrageous. They're just something. They're—I call them common sense ideas that need to be discussed, reviewed, and implemented in the first 100 days.
3: Huh.
0: Yeah. Well, thank, you. Yeah, thank, thank you so me. much Wow you all are such a great tag team You are like oh, Smooth as they say Wow <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, is Really um, really this is so
3: good
4: Rwanda it's, it's called Teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> Oh mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: Yeah
0: Well I just have a couple of follow up um, Questions and, that I wanted you mm-hmm. To maybe elaborate on a little bit more um, For one I was uh, doing the math, and if I if I subtracted correctly, this Friday is Dr. King's or would have been Dr. King's 92nd birthday, and he was yeah. born in 1929. So isn't that interesting? It's a reversal, you know, 29 and 92. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and then I was wondering if um, <clears throat> if you could talk a little bit about how. This movement—I um, mean, I remember when uh, Reverend Doctor um, William Barber had the Moral Mondays, right? And <laughs> and we think about Doctor King's work, and 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 most most um, leaders of African descent and uh, work sort of comes from a spiritual grounding, and
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: was just wondering if you could talk and maybe share because Doctor King, you know, he was quite the order. Orator, so I'm sure you have your favorite speeches, <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. and
0: and people know, you know, that they know I have a dream because that's the one mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. all the, but you know, it's it's on that that top ten spinning, mm-hmm. you know, but there there are so 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 many um, mm-hmm. great uh, uh, speeches that he has given, and I was just wondering maybe mm-hmm. you could share from one of your favorites or favorites. And um and but before that I wanted you to talk about how this you know, this movement, the poor people's campaign um, movement is based on the people, like for real. And mm-hmm, and you know mm-hmm. and, and and um and the organization went around the country and that was, was so beautiful about you know, June twentieth, twenty twenty, was hearing all of these people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, from from the uh Tribunals, you know, where mm-hmm. you know people were coming out and their testimony went into a, a national historic record.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to
0: mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that because that really grounded because
2: people people own it because they see themselves, right? Sure, right. Yes. And mm-hmm. thank you very much, Wanda, for talking about that. So in California, we hosted. Oh, I think eight, part of what we called our poverty tour, we went to uh, at least uh, eight different cities where we listened to people. And I know in Sacramento we hosted one, in the Bay Area we hosted one, where we invited mm-hmm. people who were poor and low income, people who had were disabled to come and share with us um, what life was like for them. And, Many ways it was sad, but in many ways it was uplifting because even though people were having a really, really hard time, they came and shared their stories with dignity and respect. And they talked about how they were glad that we asked them. And for many people, they said it was the first time they were able to share and people were and people listen and what we did was invited elected officials those policymakers. so in sacramento we had someone from doris matsui's office we had someone from city council member's office we had someone from the county board of supervisors and their jobs were to sit there and to listen and so so and i know when brother carter and i were in the bay area you had a Congresswoman uh, Barbara Lee sitting in the audience. None of us realized that. I know I walked by and I said well, that kind of looked like Barbara Lee. And come to find out, it was her. She yeah. was sitting in the audience, listening very intently. So for many, for many people with modest means, it was their first time that they were asked to come and share what it's like to be poor, what it's like to be disabled, what it's like to be poor and disabled in this particular country or the particular city that they live in. And like I said, it was uplifting, but it was also very, it was sad because as a country, once again, it goes back to that policy violence. You know, we want to talk about the the physical violence, but we don't want to talk about the policy violence, what we can do to make life better, uh, for folks and everything. So it was really, really, really good. We hosted one, like I said, in Sacramento. It was like on a Thursday. We had, we had standing room only for folks, and Brother Carter and I went down to the one in the Bay Area. It, it was over 300 people at the church. We uh, went down to Fresno. Fresno was the place where we hosted the statewide, uh, where people from all over could come and share what it's like to be of modest means, living in California, and even though California is probably one of—I I, I think someone someone says it's like the sixth uh, 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 some of the the sixth uh, highest economy uh, in the world—but we have a lot of poor folks living in Sac- living in California. We have a lot of poor folks who are working in the agricultural industry. Who are feeding all of us, but many of them can't afford to purchase the food that they harvest for us to eat. They will tell you that. They can't afford to purchase the delicious and the wonderful fruits and vegetables that they harvest for not only us, but for the world. So, what does that tell you that we need to do as a nation community? That we need to figure out a way to pay people decent wage, to make sure people can go to work in, in working conditions where it's safe for them, where if they do want to join a union, they have access to join a union, where they're not worried about the working conditions that are being unsafe for them. And so that was one of the beautiful things about the poverty tour, where we, were, we went from community to community listening, And we we heard the common thread that I heard was that people want a better life, people are doing the best they can do, but you can't do any better when you're making minimum wage and you're facing $1,100 a month rent payment, or you're facing $1,500 or $1,800 a month for rent. And when you do get your, your paycheck, you don't have enough money to pay your rent, to buy food, <clears throat> for utilities. And we're pretty lucky in California. We have we have okay weather. You know, there are certain parts, <clears throat> like in the north, where it gets to be really, really cold. But can you imagine brothers and sisters who live on the East Coast, where you hear them say half of their paycheck goes to their heating bills, particularly in a winter month, you know, where they're barely able to pay their rent or they make their mortgage payments. So it's things like that we heard and we were so glad that um, people came out and shared their stories with us as part of the um the poverty tour uh in California and everything. And I don't know, Brother Carter, do you have anything to add about that?
4: Uh yeah, um, you know, that actually connects into remember when we did the Do More Tour and yes, um, uh uh-huh. and and um one around um, Actually, we were in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. I just keep forgetting the name of the church that we were at. Live uh,
0: Memorial Church. Uh,
4: yes. Live Memorial, yes. And when, when we did that, when we were there to do the Do More Tour, and uh, actually we were getting ready to go and, and set up, uh, you know, the, the march uh, for that. Um, and some of us took the Uber to get over to City Hall, and some of us mm-hmm. walked. And during that walk, um I started to, you know, um speak out, you know, and so people know what we were what we were doing. And um, from that it allowed us in the march to have people to uh, join the march as you know, as we came back through uh to get the Glide Memorial. But mm-hmm. and and saying that uh, this campaign is the moral witness, uh, and those, and I always believe that uh, title. I mean, testimony is always stronger than title, and it's bigger than title, because a testimony draws to people that may uh, be going through the same thing and brings into agreement, and that they don't know, you know, that you know that their their each side is going through. Or, you know and and, and that's what uh, brings uh, uh, us together you know uh, to take on this very task uh, that we face today uh, when we talk about the moral witness and and that's what uh, we're trying to develop in in this campaign uh, to, to make sure that the moral witness steps up and so that uh, folks uh, like our our uh, civic leaders and state and county leaders and federal leaders uh, or, or have an ear to hear that you know this this is this is real, and it's not just one or two people going through, it, but it's it's a mass, it's the masses. And one of the things that when you with questions that you asked was what is it, you know what is your greatest uh, speech that you hear from Dr. King? Mine is the mountaintop, because the mountaintop speaks of doc, When Dr. King speaks of that, he's he he's, he becomes a visionary you know, of what the future looks like and what it can be. And spiritually what God wants, you know, has a need for us to have, you know, and to, and to create, you know, for eternal, you know what I'm saying, for, to fight the good fight, you know what I'm saying, uh, to put these things in order, you know, uh, because as we talk when he talks about the mountains, how he talks about the mountain of despair, you know what I'm saying, uh, so that we can get to the stone of hope. And hope is helping other people prosper and endure. So when when I hear that, you know, I, I then it, it, then it comes to how I have a dream, you know, uh, because the dream comes. That's that that's the whole whole significance of his his journey, uh, and that's a tedious journey uh, that he was on uh, to be obedient to the master. You know what I'm saying? And that is a power greater than us that he was going to stay divine to no matter uh, what it, what would happen down the line because our, every time in one of his speeches I don't really know what's going to happen now and 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 when he says that you know he he's telling the people that I may not be here this long cuz I, I I just don't know but I know that I've done God's will you know what I'm saying and and and, and that's what I believe that we have to pick up when we Uh, take from his birthday, you know, uh, uh, um, to make a a recommitment, you know what I'm saying? And and not only a a recommitment, but a a reclaim of the dream, you know what I'm saying? And where he left off with the dream. Because I've been in a lot of marches, and they have to, especially when they have the MLK marches. And I'll come out there with the Poor People's Banner, and folks want to run, get around it. Don't want to get behind it or be nowhere close to it, and I tell people that that's shameful because of the simple fact that this was Dr. King's last fight. This was this last fight that he that he was that the last thing that he was doing to to get us over the over over the the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? So that we can get to the stone of hope of economics. You know what I'm saying? And and they run from it. And my thing is, if you run from it, you're going to end up in it. Because mm-hmm. you, you're, not, you're not coming to somewhere where it's going to educate you to prevent you from going into poverty. And that's what Dr. King was trying to do. It's like Bernice, uh, Dr. Bernice King said Look, my dad was trying to empower people. He wanted us to have the best jobs, the best education. We have to demand these things. Earn, learning is earning. And and, and, and and she said that, and that was his will to stick to those things. And and that's what our will is today. So I tell people, if you're going to march, if you're going to be a part of Dr. King's uh, legacy, be the, be the work that he did not finish. Because if you become the work that he did not finish, it all gives us a chance to come together and, and be the moral witnesses and, and, and have a moral conscience about one another and share not a botched love but an unconditional love. And a passion about humanities because he was a great humanitarian, you know, in this lifetime, and we haven't seen no one like that again yet. But what we can do is to pick up from the birthright of what he came from when he was named Michael, and his father changed his name to Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he didn't like the way things were going in the South, and had Martin Luther uh, uh, go into the ministry. And Martin Luther took it from there, and and brought us to a, a place that now is a multiracial democracy. When we hear them in politics talk about socialism, they're not talking about socialism from the past of of of, of the forties. They're talking about Dr. King's social justice, what they call it socialism, because social. If you say social justice. Well, people are they are not going to be uh, turned off by that, but socialism, they will. So you watch the words that are being said. So these things that he created for a multiracial democracy and put in place and embedded, mm-hmm. these are the same things that we are proceeding to go through with Reverend Barber and Liz D. O'Harris in, in this moral revival movement. That's why it's a moral revival movement, because it was a moral issue that we face today uh, and folks have to have a moral conscience because of the immoral things that are taking place. So that's, that's what, uh, we have to see, you know, and, 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 and understand, you know, in order to move forward and do it in a nonviolent way, you know, to be resistance against nonviolent, you know, the violence because of the simple fact that, you know, um, uh, Rage is going to be always out there. But the thing is, you cannot think when you're angry. You cannot do the right things when you're angry. We see today what walked inside of the Capitol, a mob mentality. And in that mob mentality, uh, those were people that were uh, actually uh, owned businesses, multimillionaires, uh, probably some of them were like, in law enforcement. And, and But the thing is, that let us understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to uh, disrupt uh, what's coming to be with this new administration. That they wouldn't be put on the agenda first. So they're they're moving theirself uh, in the threat of fear. You know, saying to to, to block uh, the democratic process of, of what has taken place. Like uh, Faye is saying, all of in this election, well, poor people. Uh, voted, and and that's why there was uh, he lost the election more votes. He didn't show up on uh, uh, on June nineteenth in, in in Washington D.C. Uh, at the Trinity uh, 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 and, and 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 say anything. And he was offered to do that, you know, and speak to the poor people, but he didn't. But now the poor people have spoken. They have begun to 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 speak, and now it's the process uh, uh, that uh, we're getting ready to go through. And I just ask everybody to stand firm, you know what I'm saying, and stay focused, you know what I'm saying, and, and stay true to uh, this commitment, you know, of what Dr. King has left us to do and, and to follow through, and so that we can get to back to the stone of hope. Thank you. Well, thank you.
2: So I forgot to mention, thank you for, Brother Carter, thank you for those words. I forgot to mention the speech that I, one of my favorite, It's actually the speech about uh, Beyond Vietnam, a time to break the silence that he uh, recited and gave at the Riverside Church in New York on April 4th, 1967, one year before his death. And the reason I, and particularly now, I think, the second part of that title, A Time to Break the Silence, is so apropos today. It is time that we break the silence of what's going on, the complicity uh, of the policy violence that we witnessed for the past four years. And so for me, that's really good, but it's also, it also was one of the first time that Dr. King went from talking mainly about what we would call civil rights to more looking at more human rights um, and talking about a subject that was very taboo for anyone to talk about, but particularly for black people to talk about, the Vietnam War and its implication, and particularly its moral implication that you know the mighty usa continues to kill continues to engage in a violent way and so for me that was one of my favorite ones um when i when i read that and it's even i encourage people to if you can um uh actually listen to his words uh it's it's one thing to read his words it's a whole other thing to hear him Deliver any of his speeches, but particular that speech. Uh, it is it's very powerful, and like I said, the second part of that speech, uh, a time to break the silence, is just so. Um, it's just so apropos for today that it's time for us as a nation community to break the silence what we've been witnessing and living through for the past four years of just hate, bigotry, racism, misogyny, you name it, we've had to live through it. And we've had to live through it around policymakers pretending that everything is fine. When we see people living in poverty, when we see people uh, can't find a place to live. Uh, So, for example, in Sacramento, We see sweeps of homeless encampments. They move people. There's no place for them to go. So even if you tell them to go someplace, there is no place for them to go. They have no money to even get on the bus to go from point A to point B. There's no place for them to go. Uh, and that's what we keep telling our policy makers. That's what we keep telling the business people. No one wants to be poor. No one wants to be living in a homeless encampment. But we continue to create policies that perpetuate the policy violence upon Americans in general, but particularly poor and low-income Americans. Um, and it's not only in this country. It's a global challenge that's happening globally, but um so I, the Poor People's Campaign is addressing the issues within this particular country, and we really encourage people to really look at the uh, 14 priorities um, that we really want to encourage people to engage their elected officials around what they can do to make sure these, uh, 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 the first 100 days that these policy priorities to heal the nation are enacted Uh, Because if we really want to see a fundamental change in our country, if we want to see those 140 million poor people and low-income people in our country, we want to see their lives improve and change, then we're going to have to implement some bold policies. We're going to have to start thinking outside the box. Uh, You know, I was talking to people in my neighborhood uh, in in, in Sacramento, and we are talking about, what are we going to do about the homeless? I said we're going to have to think outside the box. We're going to have to start looking at right now schools are not being used. So maybe we can maybe we need to use schools, community centers, strip malls, vacant houses to begin to home house some of the folks who are unhoused. We we're going to have to start thinking differently. We're going to have Sacramento has a more than 11,000 people who are unhoused and more than 700 of them are children. And we haven't even talked about what's going to happen once the eviction moratorium is lifted. Those are going to be families with children. So what are we going to do with those folks who are going to be evicted from their apartments, evicted from their homes, they're going to be thrusted out, uh, into the community where there's no housing, there's no affordable housing, we're going to have a mess on our hands and everything. So the Poor People's Campaign in Sacramento is addressing those issues. The Poor People's Campaign throughout the state of California, they're addressing those issues. And we're also addressing issues like that throughout the nation where we're putting poor people at the center where they are giving their voices and they're sharing, um, and also I want to tell people, many of us are one or two paychecks away from being unhoused ourselves
3: mm-hmm.
2: or being poor ourselves. I always like to remind people of that, and we witnessed that when we had the government shutdown. Was it a year ago or two years ago when you heard people say that they can, they miss one paycheck? Okay, then we can make that, but we can't miss two or three paychecks. See, many of us are one or two right. paychecks away we're just we're just away from that, so people I always tell people you have to remember that What if your boss told you you're not gonna get paid in the month of February? Well, you may have a little money to hold you over, but if you don't get a paycheck come March and if you don't get a paycheck come April, ooh, we all gonna be in bad shape.
4: mhm yeah that's that's so true.
0: Uh, when I was asking you the question um about about your your favorite uh speeches and and I'm sure you probably have a a longer list than you know than just the one that you share with us, I was mm-hmm. thinking about okay which which one do you which one would you like to uh to share and so I was thinking about i like i like the letter from the birmingham jail mm-hmm.
3: um,
0: mm-hmm. it's and and the uh that one is in one of my textbooks and then The other one, it's not a speech, um, but it's uh, from Dr. King's book, Strive Towards Freedom, uh, 1958, Mm -hmm. and and he's talking about the three ways that oppressed people throughout history have reacted to their oppressors, and and they name, um, I'm not sure if his title was The Ways of Meeting Oppression. You know, sometimes when
1: um,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: things end up in textbooks, the name might change. (laughs) Insofar as the title, Um, but I thought it was, you know, um, yeah I really, really like this particular essay a lot. I don't know if you all know it, Um, but the the first way is acquiescence. Uh, The oppressed resign themselves to their doom. And then the second one is uh, that oppressed people deal with oppression is to resort to physical violence and corroding hatred. Uh, And he says that violence only brings about momentary uh, results. And then the third way open to oppressed people is in their quest for freedom uh, is the way of nonviolent resistance. And I think about the whole word about freedom, right? And he says, Mm -hmm. um, like the synthesis in uh, Hegelian philosophy, the principle of Mm -hmm. nonviolent resistance Mm -hmm. seeks to reconcile the truths of two opposites, uh, acquiescence, and violence while avoiding the extremes and immortalities of both. So, mm. uh, yeah, and so I was just thinking with regards to that and, and the Poor People's Movement and Campaign uh, for Racial Justice and Freedom and the whole reason why the march was necessary and it continues to be necessary uh, is because of, you know, the the vast differences in, in the way that um, the... Uh, the uh, e- income and, you know, money and all the things that people need, you know, education, housing, how they're just not, people who need it don't get it, right? And so I was thinking it's really really, what I think, what I love about the Poor People's Campaign and the movement is that you're not alone. Like, you got folks, <laughs> yeah. like, holding yeah. you, right? Yeah. Like Because, you know, it's real isolating, you know, like, dang, Who's going to know that I'm sitting here starving, right? Who's going to know that if I don't get like the X number of dollars, I'm not going to be able to live here anymore? And
3: Mm -hmm, where is mm -hmm. my family
0: going to go? Who, you know, like people just Mm -hmm. sort of feel like they're just sort of in these separate silos. And with this Mm -hmm. movement, you got people you
2: can talk to for real. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know what is interesting? I, I like that observation. You're right. So if I call someone a Poor People's Campaign member in 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 Colorado, or New York, or Georgia, we speak the same language. Uh, we may not be experiencing the exact same thing, but we speak the same language, and we can share things, and then we can then. Assist one another, and 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 it it it's it's almost like, for lack of a better term, like an underground railroad. But we're not underground. We're out there in public. We're supporting one another. And you're right. You're not alone. You know, you could I can pick up the phone and call Neil in the Bay Area. I can pick up the phone and call Reverend Beth in San Diego. I can pick up the phone and call. <clears throat> Excuse me, and call Irene in L.A. or call Margaret in L.A. So it's things like that. And particularly given the the virus where people are, isol- are more and more isolated, and let me tell you, poor and unhoused folks are even more isolated because the one thing that you and I and Brother Carter have that a lot of poor folks and, un- and unhoused folks don't have, we all have cell phones, right? When brother Car- Brother Carter and I are out visiting encampments, most people who are unhoused don't have cell phones. They don't have access to communicate with people other than the folks in an encampment. So they don't have access to communicate with their family. So when we tell people and our policymakers in Sacramento and the state will tell you in a heartbeat, call 311 for services, they don't have a cell phone. Or even if they have a cell phone, they don't have the battery life to be on hold for two and three hours. So the isolation is real. It is more real than we want to believe. And I think the virus has has helped expose that that when when people can't uh, engage one another, uh, can't talk to one another, can't touch one another, uh, particularly for fear of getting sick and possibly dying, that's 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 heavy on your mind. That's some serious mm-hmm. stuff that you have to wrap your head around. I have friends with grandchildren that say, I haven't seen my grandkids for eight months, 10 months, other than a Zoom call. I haven't hugged my grandkids. I haven't seen or hugged my adult, my young adult children. That's heavy.
3: That's mm-hmm. heavy stuff to deal with. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. That, that's
0: my story. Uh yep, March okay. this year. Last year, not March this year, it's been yeah, March this mm-hmm. year. Two months from now, it'll be a whole year since I mm-hmm. was able to hug my grandson. He's one. Okay.
1: So mm-hmm.
0: when I when he was last in my apartment he was learning how to turn over. And he rolled over mm-hmm. onto the floor. Now he's running. Mm-hmm. Mhm. I mean, I, I, you know, I see him, you know, on the grass, but I can't touch him. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You
2: know, I got to keep my distance with my my mask. Right, right. And the human touch, particularly for children under a certain age, the human touch, no matter what age you are, is important. But for young children, the human touch is so important. You know, it builds the bond. That's how bonds are developed between mother and child, between uh, uh, grandparents and their grandchildren. And when you can't touch, the human touch is so sure. important. And I think sometimes we forget that. The virus has reminded me of that, that the human touch, it is so important. It is so important. And that's one of the reasons, you know, people laugh at me when I go out, I when I leave my house, I mask up, but I, but I also glove up. You know, and one day I'm glad I gloved up because as I was getting out of my car to go to the grocery store in the parking lot, this elderly woman kind of tripped and fell. And because I had my gloves on, I didn't have a problem touching her because I had my gloves on. You know, I said, ma'am, are you okay? And I touched her. She said, oh, I'm okay. And she thanked me for touching her. Mm -hmm. And so before I went in the store, I went back to my car because I keep gloves in my car. I went back to my car, and I put on a Mm -hmm. fresh pair of gloves. The human touch makes us part of humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to continue to tell tell ourselves that.
3: Right.
2: Yes, we do.
4: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Wanda, I just... uh, Pick up a book someone gave me, uh, and I haven't had a chance to really sit down and read it. Uh, And and it's uh, one of the last books uh, around uh, the work in Memphis. It's it's called "Going Down the Jericho Road," Um, Mm. (laughs) the Memphis strikes with Martin uh, Martin Luther King's uh, last campaign. It was written by Mm. Michael K. Hunt. So I was looking through that and just gazing and. Uh, I I look to see that there's one of the last uh, quotes that Dr. King yet was able to to write. It was uh, April 3rd of 1968 uh, when he said, um, you see, uh, the Jericho Road is a dangerous road. The question is not if I stop to help this man in need, Mm -hmm. what will happen to me? the question is if I don't stop to help the sanitation workers, Mm -hmm. what will happen Mm -hmm. to them? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just reading that quote, it's like, you know, today, you know, if we don't stop to help those in poverty, it's not what will happen to them, what will happen to us
3: Mm -hmm.
4: as a whole, you know, in this nation and and I think a lot of leaders uh, need to come back and review that, that that this last quote that he that he wrote uh, you know when they honor and celebrate you know his his birthday uh, because this is this was his last given quote that he wrote and and that's a quote that all leaders should read and pick up from and and to help the nation do better because there's no way that. You know, uh, during this pandemic, 8 million more people should have went into poverty or fallen into poverty. And then to allow the nation to grow to 140 million people Mm -hmm. uh, are in poverty and living below the poverty line, and there's nothing uh, that they have done to uh, make things better. You know, um, they've, um, like you said, they have... To me, have looked to a higher allegiance, and they have created a hell for the poor. Uh, most of our uh, government now, and the people that work in it, are basically corporate representatives. Uh, that I call them. Um, and in 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 and in this movement, in the in the in the poor people's campaign, it's not a, a moment. It is a movement. It's not an organization. It is an organism. Uh, to make, uh, um, to change the narrative and, and to make these politicians come back to the grassroots of Main Street and uplift those uh, beyond Wall Street. Wall Street has uh, done a tremendous job from separating uh, from Main Street. That's why we call it Wall Street. So it, it cannot be. Uh, for us uh, uh, economically, so it must be against us. So (laughs) I think one of the things that Dr. King was uh, trying to say. And the reason why I I emphasize and speak on Dr. King so much because truly deep down in, in my spirit, if you ask me who is my hero, it's Dr. King. I can't give you another hero. That's my hero. I love him. I love him from when my grandmother made me sit on, the couch and watch Walter Conkright and, and Doc King was <laughs> on there you know at, in 1968 I was eight years old and she said you watch him she said that's a very special man right there you know he's, he, he, he 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 is a, 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 a man of God and I just sat and I watched and I watched you know every time he would come on the television I didn't really understand the civil rights movement at that time but I I know that when I would see him on Walter Cronkite, the last time I had seen him on that news, and that's when they announced his death, and I, I start crying. And my grandmother came out. She said, "What are you crying for?" I said, "They killed Dr. King, Grandma. They killed him." And and she, you know, she she mourned with me, you know. So and he's always been. That's my testimony, and I'm sticking to it. You know, he has always been, you know, my hero. You know, and and I'm passionate about his work. You know, and I think that we all should be passionate about it because you know he um, gave something that uh, most people are, are not willing to give. Not his life, you know, uh, to be obedient to the master, that he would carry this through. You know, uh, for the in the spirit of humanities. So I just wanted to just say that, um, and, and as we deal with this pandemic. You know, uh, and I heard you and Faith talking about you know, far as the touching and uh, you know, your family members and people that you know that you love, and that's what that is. That's that's that that's that love that we have for one another because we're embracing people. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we love. You know, what I'm saying we're not a hated. We're not a uh, we are hated people, but we we love, and that's what we have to remember. That you know, we. uh uh have that about one another, and we have to keep that, you know, as we go through this uh, pandemic of, you know, social distancing and all that, because by and by this thing, we'll understand why down the line. But we we are going to get through this. I just ask for everybody to, you know, um, continue to uh, follow the procedures, keep your faith and your trust in God, you know what I'm saying, And, 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 and be willing to have an ear to hear. You know, and not be quick to temper uh, or to anger. Uh, I have to say that, and I have to say that to myself because Faye will tell you sometimes I I get I get angry. I get you know I'll, I'll go through uh, a, a frustration about something, but I come back to you know uh, here uh, where I stay at, and, and uh, I go back to the altar and 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 pray on it. And uh, but it's it, it's important, you know, especially in this time because of the nature of what we're in and and in dealing with, especially being in part of the Poor People's Campaign. Anybody out there listening, if you want to be a part of this campaign, you have to be a person of nonviolent resistance. You have to be that, you know, uh, because it's important, because that's what's going to get us through. Love is much more powerful than hate. And Stevie Wonder uh, wrote a song, which is called Love is in Need of Love, and, that, and that's where we're at today So let's continue to love on one another You know what I'm saying Embrace and encourage one another You know, uh, through these times and, and stay vigilant, you know what I'm saying And aware and conscious You know what I'm saying and, and and continue to be the moral witnesses that we are
0: Wow, well said, Brother Carter I want to let our audience know that we're speaking to um, uh, Mr. Kevin Carter and uh, Miss Faye Wilson Kennedy, about the uh, Poor People's Campaign, specifically um, Sacramento Poor People's Campaign, and what they have planned for Dr. King's birthday on Friday, uh, January 15th, and um, in the morning, and then later on in the afternoon, there's going to be a a virtual um, program. Could you give us the details again?
2: Sure. So the morning starting at 1030 a.m. in Sacramento in front of the California State Library, uh, uh, members of the Poor People's Campaign will gather and we will read the statement created uh, by our national leaders, Reverend Dr. Uh, Barber and Reverend Liz Thiel Harris. Each member will read a paragraph. uh if the media show up, we'll entertain questions. If they don't, we'll pack up. We'll go home. We'll rest. And then we'll come back later on that evening from 3 to 5 for a virtual um, community discussion, kind of like a check-in. We're encouraging groups to do that with their community. Do a check-in and see how people are feeling based on what happened on that we all witnessed as a world on January 6th at our at our nation um Capital. Uh, we, you know, some people are afraid. Uh, some people are angry. Some people are depressed. Um, and particularly in this time of the virus, where people are not engaging people as much as, as much as we probably should. We just want to do a check in, and hear, you know, and check in to see how people are doing, and to see how we, as a fusion movement. Can uh, can begin to move forward uh, in Sacramento, uh, and then we, as a fusion movement, will be moving forward nationally, and then within the state of Cal in, in the state of California and everything. So that's what we have planned for his actual birthday. I know cities, um, cities, and uh, jurisdictions will be celebrating his birthday on Monday, January 18th. Um, I know Sacramento is going to be doing a lot of things, but uh the poor people's Campaign will be doing that We'll be doing our work on that um, this Friday and everything and you if you have access to the um uh the uh uh, uh facebook, you can visit our facebook page it's uh, poor people's campaign comma sacramento uh the information will be there uh we encourage people even if you can't come and participate on our uh community virtual then have one with your own with your with your own circle of friends or with your family talk about how you feel talk about how you're processing with your eyes and brain witness on that um a, one week ago today uh what actually yeah, so we think that's very, very important to do that. It's part of like breaking that silence that I talked about earlier in everything. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Well thank you both so much for this really wonderful um conversation and exploration of of a way to um to actually make a difference um and to end um, you know, poverty here in our nation and and all of these other um you know uh in i guess um inequalities um that mm-hmm, exist mm-hmm. and that have become
1: normalized,
3: yes,
2: and I like yeah. that you're right, it's become normalized people people accept we we should not accept as a as a as a nation community that that we have hundred and forty million people who are poor and living in poverty. We shouldn't accept in Sacramento that we have more than eleven thousand people who are unhoused and seven hundred are children. We should not accept that. We should not throw up our hands and say there's nothing we can do. There is something we can do because I know in Sacramento we have vacant schools, we have vacant lots, we have vacant buildings. Maybe those buildings and those lots need to be commandeered. You know, maybe we need to talk to the city or our governmental structures to talk about how can those vacant lots and vacant buildings be used to house those folks. I don't mean just to warehouse them, but I mean to be renovated, to be – I know Brother Carter always talked about we need tree. Each community or each district needs a tree art center. So there's something we can do. We just have to have the will to do it, and we have to have the commitment to yep. do it, and our policymakers have to focus on ending the policy violence and how we're going to help those families who at this time – Cannot help themselves.
4: Mm-hmm. That's right. Uplifting. Mm-hmm. uplifting. That be uplifting. Sister mm-hmm. Wanda, so- I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your platform and us to yes. come to this platform and speak. You know, uh, to your audience and uh, and uh, you have a uh, blessed and wonderful day, and you you stay safe and secure too, and continue the good work that you're doing uh, for allowing uh, us to be a voice for the voiceless and many others uh, uh, that come to this platform, you know, uh, of your radio show. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, yep. You're
0: quite welcome.
4: Thank
0: you very and much. You're quite welcome. And you can join me anytime. So I'll just keep on watching for those press releases. And you're, okay, you're, you're available. You always have you always have space on my show because you're doing the oh, kind of good. work Thank that you. I
2: support. Thank you.
3: Okay. Thank you. We, we, Thanks
2: a lot. We take care. Nice. You stay safe. All right. You and much. Uh Bye bye. Best love to you too. Bye bye.
0: <laughs> Peace and blessings.
4: Peace and blessings. God bless you.
0: God bless you too.
3: Let's see. Well,
0: I was getting ready to um play a song by Amakayla Gaston and uh it's the title track for one of her old old albums, which I really like, "Being in Love." And so, while my um, computer phone is booting up, I'm having some technical stuff this today, but I'm glad I'm glad it worked out well for <laughs> for our, our interview. Um, I wanted to remind people that uh, this month is. Uh, National Human Trafficking Awareness Month and there's a series of workshops that continue through the end of the month and uh, we had a wonderful conversation um, a couple of weeks ago now with um, attorney activist uh, Sharon um, and uh, and so she has put together a really wonderful um, enlightening series of, of workshops through the um, the uh, the organization that she works out of. in, obviously, I don't have it right in front of me.
3: <laughs> so
0: I um, don't want to give you the wrong information, but I might. Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm glad I printed it out. Awesome, awesome. So, um, so the uh, organization is the Coalition in Human Trafficking, and it's the South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking. Um, And the conference is a four-week virtual series uh, tracking stream, Strategies to Target Trafficking Where It Happens. And uh, it is um, Monday, January 11th through February 4th. And um, and there are uh, workshops, industries with labor trafficking. That's this week. Next week, outline and street-level commercial sexual exploitation. Uh, The week after is illicit massage establishments and residential brothels, and the closing is domestic servitude and care home workers. So you can go to the website for the South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking uh, Human Trafficking Conference. Um, They, the South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking, has a website. Not what has a website, but also has a Facebook site. So you can go there and you can see how you can get tickets for for these workshops. And you can also go to Eventbrite. So I just wanted to let you know that. And this weekend, there are a lot of events happening um, through Monday to honor the legacy and work of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And on Sunday is the um, uh, the 19th annual um, In the Name of Love musical tribute to Dr. King and um, and we had a really wonderful conversation with uh Stacey Hoffman. Um on uh she is the uh director, artistic director of um Living Jazz. And Living Jazz puts on, in the name of love,
3: uh
0: the musical uh tribute. And that's gonna be happening virtually and it starts at four PM on Sunday and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> And and I believe I'm trying to think. Where are you? Where do you watch this? Um, Is it through their Facebook? Might be Facebook. Might be YouTube. It's one or the other, or it could be both. So just go to Living Jazz, and you can't miss out. You'll you'll see the link, and it is um, donation. Um, So if you have it, um, the funds you can you know contribute, and if you don't, you won't miss out on this uplifting uh, experience because it's music uh, they share speeches from Dr. King that beautiful mass choir of children it's still going to happen in a different way and, uh, and the lineup is just stunning oh my goodness and then they are going to be honoring a person whose work uh, continues the legacy of Dr. King and uh, this this particular year they're going to be honoring the founder of Roots, uh, the Roots Community um, uh, Community. I don't know Roots community Roots Health Center. Um, but anyway, you know, everyone knows Roots. Roots is they're, they're literally on the ground, in the trenches, keeping our people healthy and safe. And uh, so the, the founder of Roots is going to be honored. So really, really wonderful, wonderful um, program. And uh, let's try it again. I'm not certain if I'm going to be able to do this because I'm having trouble. So we might just end early, but let's see if I can. Uh, I wanted to um, play that song. And, uh, and then I was looking at <laughs> uh, 52 Letters um, with uh, Regina Evans and, uh, and Rashida Chassette And this was um, way back when, when they did this particular um, uh, performance at Ubuntu Theater, and um, I had them on my radio show to talk about it. So I think I'll just play that because I'm looking at it, and it might work. (laughs) And Regina Evans, um, who was also um, a human trafficking uh, abolitionist, She is going to be uh, one of the presenters at this conference that I was speaking of, uh, trafficking, stream strategies to target trafficking where it happens. So um, you can look for that. I think she's toward the end of the conference. All righty, so let me try this. Hopefully it'll work. Talk about 52 letters um, written and performed by Regina with vocals by Rashida. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are and you? And so you're... Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So Ubuntu, good. um Theater Project is uh, having you mount your 52 letters. Um, wow, which which iteration is this for you, Regina? Because um, I remember, Ugh. gosh, it's been a lot of years since you wrote this.
5: <laughs> it has been. Um. Mm. So I I wrote it. Well, I started writing it in 2010, and I performed it for mm-hmm. the first time at, in 2013 at the San Francisco Fringe Festival. And mm-hmm. so I think it has had numerous. I I I can't even put a number figure on it, but I know it has morphed and changed since 2013. Um, I've tried. It seems like every time I do it, it kind of shifts shifts a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. um. I don't think I've done it the same Any one time The basis of it is right, the right. same But it, it always mm-hmm. There's something different because the message That I'm trying to get out is all, Always seems to shift There's always something right. added to it Yeah
0: Like for this one I feel right. like I'm
5: calling call, huh?
0: Unfortunately Yes yeah, I mean, the yep. display is not, you know, like, you can't, like, put it in a drawer because it's history. It's like, no, it's not history. <laughs> right. It's present. Mm-hmm.
5: Right. Yes. And I've tried to put it away, but it keeps coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at least those babies, you know, those children that you, you yep. talk about, they keep on saying, yep. oh, no, 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 Mm-mm, no. Yeah. We, we're yep. not ready to retire yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah. I tried yeah. to put
5: it away last yeah. year, and I couldn't, so, mm. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and it's going to be, um, you're, you're um, opening um, this this Friday, August 2nd, and you have a nice yep. long run. Usually, you know, sometimes, yes. you know, people have to catch it in a couple of days, but this time, you know, <laughs> yes. August 2nd through 23rd, and then each um performance you have these great um speakers that are that because it's not the kind of play that you want to go home, you wanna process with people. So mm-hmm. you know, and put it in some context. So, wow, your um you know, the list of speakers is really phenomenal. And then I don't remember yes. Rashida, um have you been singing, um, accompanying um Regina in this work? Or is this something new for the Ubuntu
3: production?
0: On. Rashida, can't hear you. Oh, Rashida, she hasn't joined us yet. Okay.
1: Oh. Okay. Unless she. All right. Yeah, she
0: hasn't joined us. Okay. Okay. Well, um, maybe you could text her or something. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so
0: now you you can you can answer the question, Regina. <laughs> okay. So
1: um,
5: this is. So uh, um, 52 Letters was part of the um, a residency. Um, It's uh, Mm. a residency between Naka Dance Theater and Eastside Arts Alliance called um, Layer Residency: Live Arts and Resistance. Um, Mm. And Mm so I I was able to do that, and Rashida um, joined me for that those performances, Mm. and like, uh, it, there are people who have seen 52 Letters, I'll just come back, and so they've seen a lot of different iterations. And everyone mm-hmm. came up and was like, you have got to have her sing, like, from now on. Because she carries ah. such an ancestral spirit within her, and mm-hmm. it shifted the, it shifted it to a, a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So, um, so this will be the second one.
0: Oh yeah. wow, wow oh, I missed you with Naka. I love Naka's work. It oh is, yeah. wow. Yeah, no, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I I remember seeing it um at the fringe. Um mm-hmm. I I've seen it like a lot of times. Um and I remember seeing it at um I don't know what the program was, but it was at um East Oakland Youth Development Center. Uh, it was a whole afternoon or day of just sort of looking at um, oh, human right. trafficking, and mm-hmm. um,
1: yep.
0: and I think I've seen I think I've seen it I think I've seen it about four or five times um, in different yep. settings um, in like Esther yep. or the whole thing. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I miss with I missed the one with Rashida. Wow, yeah, that's that, oh wow to have boy. to have like somebody there with you because you're usually by yes. yourself, you know. With yeah, um, and and so to have have that kind of support, you know, visceral kind, because you know the songs probably really hit us, you know, in a different yes. kind of way. Yeah. Right.
5: Because wow. I use um, oh. uh, recorded music, I have I've had uh, a couple of singers, but Rashida mm-hmm. just you know how you're just waiting for that right person. Because when I when I mm-hmm. wrote it, I wrote it as a one woman play, but I oh, had always envisioned a singer and a dancer mm-hmm.
3: to go oh, along okay. with
5: yeah. it. yeah, yes. And so you had you had dancers, right? I haven't yet. Well, you haven't? Oh, you haven't?
0: Oh, really? So, so then, so we hear another iteration then.
5: <laughs> yeah. you have the singer. And, I, and okay. I think I just found the dancer. She's actually choreographing Oh. I'm gonna do like movement oh, I in think this. Oh, this is my Rashida. Let's see. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. She just texted me back. Oh, yeah. good
0: morning, me. Rashida. Is that you?
6: Good morning. It's me.
0: Good morning. Hi, ah, Rashida. yeah,
6: super. Hey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, Regina was um, was sharing uh, her her vision um, that she sees a dancer. So continue your what you were saying, uh, Regina, and then we'll um, we'll talk more about about you and Rashida together telling this story, and we'll let yeah. you all talk about like what is the story? Fifty two letters because we haven't even like, <laughs> yes. let our audience mm-hmm. are like, what is this about? Fifty two letters, yes.
5: hmm. right? No, Go, I just like, eventually it'll uh-huh. so eventually it'll have like a dancer who'll just do some um, movement, um, like interpretive dance. So mm-hmm. that's coming up at some time. Um, it might take a mm-hmm. while, but I pretty I think I found someone. I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, Rashida, um, Chase, tell us tell us about. Um, you know how how you came to to meet Regina Evans and um, and together with her, you know, want to 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 share this story um, in in the form of letters, fifty two letters. And then as you maybe talk about how you came to know um, Regina and this work, maybe you could tell our audience what is this about and sort of how how did you choreograph it? You know, with the music, um, did you make the suggestions? Did you all the songs together? Uh, is it prov- mm-hmm. improvisational? Um, is it yeah? We'll talk a little bit about about your work with Regina. Okay.
6: Uh, well, Regina met Regina. I met a few years ago. Uh, we had we know a lot of the same people, so people had been saying mm-hmm. to me for two or three years, "You need have you met Regina yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't <laughs> met her yet." You got to meet Regina. She'll she'll love you. You'll love each other. I'm like, okay. You know, but nobody ever made it happen. And then I um my sister actually performed Ocean Femi Wambi and Jerry performed at her store. And so that was the first time I got to meet her, but it was in passing. You know, it was kinda of like, Hi, how are
1: you? Mm-hmm.
6: I'm singing background for my sister and that was kind of it. And then um we met another we actually got to meet and talk at this human rights training that we were doing through um, a nonprofit called The World As It Could Be. And so Mm -hmm. we actually got to talk and get to know each other at that point. It was about, what was that, two years ago now? Yep,
5: yep. Um, Yep. um,
6: And so she she got sick. So it was supposed to be a three-day institute, and (laughs) she got sick after the first day. And I was like, where's Regina? Oh, my God, like I finally got to meet her, and now I don't get to, you know, (laughs) hang out with her. And so they were like, "Oh, she's she had an asthma attack, and and I made mm. this tea that um, that really helps with respiratory issues." And so I had told her about it, and I was like, "I'm going to bring you some." So I brought her some tea, and then it's basically been kind of on and popping since then. We just <laughs> so <laughs> then, I, you know, then I just started dropping by the store, and we would just talk, and we always talk for hours, and just about everything, and um, she told me about the play <clears throat> probably a year ago, and was like, yeah, you know, I do this uh, this one-woman show, and it's yeah. really awesome, you know, she wanted me to come, and initially it was just, you know, she had invited me to come to see it, and and then she said, you at some point she said, you know, I would really like for you to sing some of the song, you know, sing the songs, yeah. and I said, oh, okay, well, of course, This you. of course I'll do it. And um, so I didn't really get to experience the entire thing until we were in rehearsals. And so I didn't really <laughs> understand what it was at first. And I was like, oh, this is very intense. Um, but, um, and you know, something that I think is kind of a topic matter that gets brushed to the side a lot and people just are able to ignore it because it's not in their daily life. And so um, as far as the topic matter is concerned, it's about human trafficking and, and young people who are in the sex trafficking business. And, um, you know, it was, for me, I was like, oh, wow, like this is way deeper than I thought it was going to be. So Regina already had songs in mind and mm. I actually knew almost all of them there was only one song that I didn't know um, mm-hmm. and so I was like well that's perfect because I you know I, I don't have to learn a bunch of stuff which is great um, but <laughs> even you know in any case you know that's that's what I have to do is learn music all the time so it wasn't you know it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was a big deal but it was just like oh this is there was a lot of synchronicity at the time um, mm-hmm. when she asked me mm-hmm. to do it and so it was I mean, of course, it's an honor. Like, Regina is a legend in the community. So to
3: oh
6: even be a part of it, for her to ask me to do it was just, I was really humbled and just like, okay, because, you know, this is really big for me. Um, and to be able to assist in raising awareness
1: in, in
6: this way, in a way that, you know, is meaningful to me in a lot of ways as a musician, is really powerful, so I'm just excited to be a part of a part of 52 Letters, and that she asked me to do it because <laughs> she could have. But there's a lot of really talented singers in the Bay Area, and you know, of all the people here, she asked me to do it. So just happy to be a part of it.
0: Oh wow, yeah, I've actually seen you perform um, at the um, uh, one of the. Uh, uh Orisha uh conferences um put on by your brother in law oh. and your okay. and your sister. Yeah, and you and your sister and your mother performed together um yeah. a few years ago. And that was like mm-hmm. the first one. And that was really, really awesome. Oh, wow, wow. Really nice. Yeah. Oh, good to be speaking to you. You are I love your voice. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, yeah. You so much. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. So what what are the songs, uh, Regina, that um that you, um and uh, you know, Rashida, you know, both both knew, um <laughs> and except for uh, the one that she, she, you know, that was new to her,
5: her repertoire. Um Uh sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Um mm-hmm. and then um I've been in the storm too long. And
2: uh, I think was that the one that was new to you, Rashida? No, it was the it was oh. River
6: Rise that was the new. Oh, oh
5: right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're and we're not doing that in this iteration. Um, yeah, been in the storm too long, and then wait in the water. Wait in the water, oh freedom, mm-hmm. and then the third one mm-hmm. is oh precious Lord. So they're mm-hmm. all spiritual, so cool. yeah. Yeah, they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and which, which, what is the one that you're not
5: going
6: to be doing this time? Um, River Rise by... India
5: Ari. Yeah. We did that oh, in the last wow. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But it just,
5: it's oh, cool. like, when I envisioned it, it was just all, like, pulling from, you know, the, the, those ancestral um, words and sounds and... And songs, so I just went back to that.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So, yeah.
3: Oh, wow, wow. And, yeah, you know, like, and
5: so beautifully. Mm-hmm. I like literally just want to stop and watch her sing. I'm
1: I'm I'm Because uh, yeah. I view
5: her like it's weird because I view her the same way. Like, for me, like, whenever I hang out with her, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm hanging out with a legend, you know. I hang out with Rashida. Rashida Chase, you know, Rashida Chase is in my show, you guys,
3: you know. So I feel like mm-hmm. the same way.
1: Oh, <laughs> you know, that's
5: so it's such awesome. An honor. It's such an honor. Mm-hmm. to have her, like, be involved. Like, I want to pinch myself. Like, and be like, oh, my God, is this real. But, yeah, so I'm just <laughs> – because she's just an awesome person, and to be able to, like, you can feel it. Like you'll see when you um, come, you'll you'll see it. I can't even really explain mm-hmm. it, but it just lifts it to a completely different place.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so Regina,
0: what what um, you know, why fifty two letters, and and what, you know, what what um, sort of caused you to to write this particular piece, um. Mm-hmm. um yeah that um sort of speaks to you know sort of the issue of um of uh uh child child sexual trafficking um mm-hmm. and and then and then you've got you know these these warriors you know that are rescuing you know these children and providing sanctuary mm-hmm. for these children and then mm-hmm. and then we we add to you know sort of the complexity of this issue. We add to it, you know, sort of the legal abduction of children, which is happening
3: mm-hmm.
0: now with mm-hmm. these children that are, um, you know, that are immigrants and they're getting separated from their parents. They're being abducted. You know, a lot of them are still not with their families. I mean, this is really horrific. hmm Yep. Um
5: hmm So what led me to actually, like, to write it is, because, like when you talk to when you talk to um the beloved community Americans, we always think that like what you hear the most is it's happening over there, like it's not mm-hmm. happening here mm-hmm. with our own girls and our own boys, and so wherever you are not placing an emphasis on with trafficking, that's where it flourishes, and trafficking hits Um, brown and black girls exponentially, impunity. And nobody, well, I won't say nobody, but the beloved community as a whole is not talking about it. You you hear more about it now. Um, But there wasn't an emphasis on domestic. And and I'll give you an example. So the government put, the State Department puts out a TIP report, which is trafficking in persons. Now, this mm-hmm. is our state, our state Department. It didn't even include the United States. We did it. It didn't even include us. It didn't include the United States. So they looked at every other nation except for, except for the United States, which is ridiculous. And in 2010, that was the first time that they included the United States and what was going on domestically in the report.
3: So the report
5: gives wow. like a, a, yes, that's, and that, so that'll give you an indication of how much of an emphasis is not placed on our girls and our boys that are born in this land being trafficked. And and that, and so I was just infuriated, and, because you could just see it, you, I mean, you could, we could see the tip of the iceberg, you know, when you, go to the track of the blade you see you know these young girls and boys men just standing there and so it's obviously happening and um and so i just i actually i got very angry i met um, uh sarai masuriegos who was at the time the uh, student coordinator for Dream catchers, and I was doing a class there, doing a creative writing class. And if you know Siraj, you will light your fire, right? She's very mm-hmm. uh, straightforward, very knowledgeable. And so I determined at that point that I was going to do something. And I and I know how to write. I'm a poet. And so I just started writing a play. And then I was oh. like, oh, I need to learn how to, how to do theater. That's how I met you. I was at Central Works. I got yeah. um, hired at Central. Central works because I needed to know how the backstage worked so I could actually
3: mm-hmm.
5: put a play into on stage. Because I was like, I'm going to write a play, and I was like, oh, I need to figure out how actually plays actually <laughs> are mounted. So, yeah, so I was at Central Works for like three years. But that's mm-hmm. how I started. I just I got angry, and then I wanted to tell uh, the stories, so I just kind of uh, mm-hmm. mixed it in with my story and um it's a poetic bearing of witness composite of a lot of different stories um yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um and i don't i don't know if if um uh when um the uh the current um district attorney for alameda county um back when she first started um and mm-hmm. um and then assembly person um uh Sandra Swanson. He yeah. he um he changed some legislation around um uh, what would happen is the children that are being trafficked were being um uh criminalized. And so he yeah. he,
3: uh,
0: he um he yeah, he changed the um the leg he changed the law around that so that the children yeah. wouldn't be uh criminalized. The yeah. adults would so be
5: the, the ones that and that and, and, and that, that then, came um, but that came under the impetus mm-hmm. of, of Nola Brantley, Sarai okay. Mazuriego, who mm-hmm. who started Missy because Missy was the first organization, anti traffic mm-hmm. organization in Oakland, and so they right. were running upon like you know girls being arrested, girls being arrested. So they they pushed that narrative. That's how it how it mm-hmm. first started.
1: It started with survival right. leaders.
5: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then um and I remember it was like um it was a uh, it was like a good Friday. It that it happened. It was right in front of Oakland City Hall. And um and and we all at the end it ended in like a candlelight vigil. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because because there's a there's a, there was a campaign that happened after that, not the same period. Um but I I've been sort of like following this for a long time. And and we were supposed to like put Put a green porch light on our porch and turn it on so that a child oh. who was in in distress would know oh. that this was a house where you could get help.
3: Remember what? that? No. Yeah. We need to do that. Okay.
0: Yeah, Dude. yeah. It was a part. It was a play that was um uh, that was um a part of a um, back when Patton College. Um, oh, I don't wow. think they're around anymore, but yeah, no. someone did a play, and it was around um, uh, human trafficking, and and wow. this was, and I don't I don't think she created it, but yeah, and they gave us they gave us these these, these green lights to put to put on you know to screw into our um, you know our porches so that we could turn them on.
3: Oh Cause, my Because
0: I, mean, I remember how. Because my daughter, uh, my, my younger daughter, when she was a teenager, when she was in high school, um, uh, Youth Outlook, uh, that that magazine, and now it's online, but they did a series on, you know, um, uh, human trafficking, mm-hmm. sexual trafficking of young people. Because East 14 mm-hmm.
2: was the strip.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's still the mm-hmm. strip, but yep. it might still be the strip. And I it mean, is. like they—he took pictures. I think they just—they staked it out for like I don't know, all day, and she just took pictures of of transactions, and then and mm-hmm. then the writer wrote the story. It was crazy, like the frequency and the amount of children. Yep. And yep. then some of the guys who were like pimping these girls were on bicycles. Like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, bicycles. Like what? Yep. Mhm.
5: Yeah, They're still on bicycles, and the track is still mm. the same, but it's pushed mm. back to include East 15th.
3: Mm-hmm. I think as
5: that construction comes down, um, International, yeah. like, uh, so there's now, like, East 15th, because we're getting a lot of complaints from residents and churches um, about the activities, so...
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I would like the churches to open their doors and not complain yeah. but to open the doors mm-hmm. which would be amazing so but
3: mm-hmm.
5: uh, you know they they have concerns about the, the activity that's going on so I have talked to a couple of people and I just recently talked to um, council member uh, Kaplan's um, chief of staff about how mm-hmm how can we get the churches in that area and some of the residents to actually do something positive for the girls um mm-hmm. and boys to like open the doors cuz i always say you know churches they have kitchens they have bathrooms they have extra rooms most time they're not open during the week so you have like you are a sanctuary like literally so so mm-hmm. be that and how do how do we work that out with them um like i know alan temple they do that in the uh, mm-hmm. in the 80s because the track okay. does go all the way down to the 80s and they have like a they do this whole thing with um like i mean it's beautiful they i think they do showers they do um giveaways food clothes like nails hair like everything it's called um it's by the Allen temple street disciples and it's a program called i think it's called sister to sister Oh, and nice. so they yeah yeah they open their doors, and that that I think that model could be like uh, recreated.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you if you could talk about because um, uh, I'm thinking fifty two letters there, fifty two weeks in a year. i um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: wondering if there was a connection, and and you know the connection between um, you know sexual trafficking and um, and and the you know abol- the enslavement of our people because you have these Negro spirituals which you know mm-hmm. I'm sure was intentional <laughs> so you're yes. connecting it yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. and and then and then um, I wanted to ask you uh, Rashida if you could maybe sing a little bit of something for us Ooh. on the air
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> yay
3: um. I did 50, so I,
5: I named, well, when I titled it 52 letters, I, I just, I'd like, I heard it in my spirit, and I didn't question mm-hmm. it. I was like, okay, that's the title. But as I began to pray about it, like, for me, my letters are my greatest weapon and my greatest fortress. And so mm-hmm. there's, like, 26 letters in the alphabet, so I just, in my head, I, is that right? Yeah. I just kind of curved those and then added another layer, and that's a circle.
1: And and that's
5: a fortress. And to me, that's what 52 letters is. Like when I'm on the stage and I'm speaking out letters and words, it's a fortress. I'm trying to fortress the babies and trying to fortress them with calling for the community to help them. And that's how it came to be. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and um, and then after I see that, I wanted to ask you to share something, uh, Regina, from, from 52 Letters. And then um, mm-hmm. I wanted you, maybe you both, to, to close, you know, sort of reflecting on the work. And and I don't know, I just don't know how you can do it evening after evening because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to be in the audience. I don't know how it is, you know, to like actually <laughs> be the one doing it. And uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that's like all. But, you know what like I really like prayer, prayer, is you give us God something to spirit. do. hmm mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, it's prayer, God and spirit, because I wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. Ancestors, mm-hmm. I just there's no way. Yep. hmm hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, um. Do you want to be... The opening, so I could do Motherless Child, and then you could do the opening.
5: Uh, I think
6: I'm gonna do the things for Sing to her the things of beauty, and okay. then go into into which song? I, um,
3: you you could do whichever song.
6: Okay. Uh, you,
3: you could do Motherless Child.
6: Okay, I'll do yeah. that one. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> okay.
6: Sometimes I feel like a mother's child Sometimes I feel like a mother's child Sometimes I feel like a mother's child a long way from home. A long way from home. Okay,
3: go ahead, uh, Gina. Okay.
5: Oh, sorry. I'm just having a moment with your voice. <laughs>
3: so, um,
5: this this part. Is the last part of uh, um, Act 3, which is basically an instruction um, to, a direct instruction to the audience on how to care for our children. Mm -hmm. And this is the end. Sing to her the things of beauty until her wounds are finally bound by the kiss of life and weeping no longer remembers her name. Walk by her side and give her hope until she is the sound of the dream, beauty in motion, faith in bloom, and the rise of justice as it springs forth. Hold her hand to quiet her fears until she is able to wear a crown of beauty instead of ashes, to bask inside the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and to dance inside a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. And this, you do these things then she will know that life has not forgotten her that it has heard her cry and felt her tears and she will begin to believe that she will not die but she will live because you dare to learn a deeply simple message of love for the sake of you for the sake of you
2: and for the saving of all that she was ever created to be, wade in the water for your children. Wade in the water,
5: mm-hmm. and then that's it. Thank you.
0: Yeah. 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 Didn't Didn't you take this to the UN
5: um, or something? Didn't you?
0: you went.
3: I.
5: Yeah, I was. Uh, I took. So I was. A delegate and a speaker for the u n commission on the status of women in two thousand and seventeen and so mm-hmm. um i did i did do part of um fifty two letters I did a couple pieces from it, so I did a speech and then i, um, I started and ended it with pieces from fifty two letters and then I took um a ritual troupe who also performed as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: so what does that mean? Um you said that um tell me, tell me again the the name or the title of like what you were called to present. I mean like your your title. tell say that again? I didn't jot it down fast enough. Um uh, when oh, you at presented the to the UN.
5: Mhm. Um I was a, I was um a delegate. A delegate? Delegate. Uh-huh. delegate uh-huh for mm-hmm. the UN Commission on the Status of Women um in okay. 2017 Mhm. Mhm. Oh uh,
1: okay. adult- yeah, yeah, yeah so that
5: was that was a trip yeah they do it mm-hmm. every they do it every year and that year um they did it all on human trafficking so they pick uh a, oh. a theme and so um and so then you have panels and you have NGOs um who uh, do a panel or a couple panels, and so I went with Pathways of Peace. So I was chosen Mm -hmm. to speak on their panel, and then they chose me to be a delegate as well, which is great. So how was that? Mm -hmm.
3: It was a
5: very interesting experience. Uh, I don't really talk about it a lot because it was painful. I had a very painful experience. Uh, as, mm. a, as a black survivor, like when I got back there, um, I got a call the night before, and the, the whole panel was white. I got a call from the head mm. of the panel saying, We don't have a seat for you at the panel, so you're going to speak first, and then you have to go sit in the audience. Oh, and I was Were they like, I, uh-huh. And I was just oh. so stunned. I, I was like, What? And so, yeah. Mm. That's what they did. I was the only black person on the panel and the only survivor on the panel. And there were some some organizations who had two people. Nobody gave me their seat. And I Mm -hmm. just think I was, like, in shock because I didn't question it or whatever. And So I don't often Mm -hmm. talk about it, but I'm glad I had the experience. And then, of course, everybody Mm -hmm. tried to apologize later, but, you know, the damage was done. But that's how black survivors... are are treated that's why I have my own stuff so Mm -hmm. they want to reference you and you know but they don't want you to leave Mm -hmm. yeah right and so it was one of those experiences but I'm glad I had the experience because there are other beautiful things that happened but that yeah so I don't really talk about it a lot but yeah it was painful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh
0: wow wow yeah yeah, and you you said a few times that you're a survivor. So what what does that mean, mm-hmm. that you're a survivor? And um, cause I know your story is in there, too, and
3: you shared mm-hmm.
0: your story, because we, we've had lots of conversations. I think this might be yes. number three, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
5: I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a survivor but, um, of trafficking. Mm-hmm. I, talk, I used mm-hmm. to talk about it a lot, and then one day I was like, you know what? I am so tired of myself. Like, I'm not... Can I mm-hmm. talk about this anymore? Um, mm-hmm. And so I actually prayed. I was like, God, give me a platform so that I can just say my whole story one time, and that's going to be the last mm-hmm. time that I do it from beginning to end. And literally the next day or the next week, the San Francisco Chronicle called and said, can we do a story on you? I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And so it mm. ended up they did a story on my store which and my whole uh mm-hmm story with a really wonderful reporter. She she didn't just come out and ask me questions. She came over to the store like several times and spent like numerous hours and she actually wrote a, re- a very beautiful piece which ended up being on the front section of the Chronicle. And so it's mm-hmm. there. There's my story. So I was like, there's my platform. Now I'm done. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, um so tell us tell our audience again about um about uh, Fifty Two Letters is gonna be at as a part of Ubuntu um mm-hmm. uh theater company um uh season, uh theater project season. Yeah. And um Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it starts on August second and continues through the twenty third and you've got like so many people that are gonna be presenting. At each and every performance, is there an intermission yeah. or
5: there is? Okay, nope. Okay, no. No, this
3: may Rashida mean. just okay. go straight through it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it actually
5: goes to the twenty. It goes through the twenty fifth, and then uh, oh, we do. Okay. Like, a oh, pool. So the card is it's wrong. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh.
5: Um, it's the twenty fifth. Good. Um, the two more days. That's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we do a cooling down period afterwards. So, like a communion, mm-hmm. doing a communion kind of thing afterwards before we start the talk backs.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anything people should do to prepare, and who who um, um, who is the audience?
5: I've been, uh, I haven't been like that pointed in my prayers this time. I it's weird because like last time we had like a lot of men come. I I think think the audience this time is going to be kind of uh, it feels like it's going to be more like a a tapestry Um, but Mm. what we're trying to do with it is call in the community so that they can heal so that then the community call call in the babies because Mm. I think one of the reasons why we don't have so many soldiers on the field is because people are carrying their own hurts and pains and so those people need to kind of reckon with their own own um, trauma and stuff. So, um, so we're also, because invariably it's the conversation ends up being about people's pains as well. It happens mm-hmm. at every performance. And so mm-hmm. we're just going to try mm-hmm. to hold people in that as well um, from beginning to end. There's a pre-talk about um because it does, you've seen it, you know, carries like huge waves of sorrow and grief and just Mm -hmm. looking after their own hearts and people, it's okay for people to to get up and leave if they need Mm to. Um, I'm doing an altar. There are going to be healers there every night. Um, And then we're going to do kind of a communal um, time of um, wine and bread and cheese and that I'm placing on the auction block. Um, because mm-hmm, I do the performance on this auction block, but so I'm also going to oh, okay. have the the communion stuff on. I'm going to place it on the auction block so people could stand around it. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, the references <laughs> to our ancestors are like very um, direct.
5: Very. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very direct. Yeah, yeah.
0: Are you still writing, writing that play that you were, have been working on for a minute that was commissioned uh-huh. by, um, okay, Theater First, I think? Yep.
3: hmm okay. Yeah,
5: I pulled it yeah. like a couple months before it was going on stage. And I still would like to see it. Um, it's so magical. It's just, I think it's actually a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every time I read it, I'm like, this is a movie. And so I have no Mm. idea how to get that from where it is now to making it into a movie. So I'm just like letting it sit with the ancestors and God and spirit and see where it wants to be. But it's, it's finished. I can send it Mm. to you to read if you want to read it. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's It's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's very special to me, so i just I just put it aside because it has to have its right place mm-hmm. and the right hands on it oh. and stuff so oh, yeah, yeah,
0: I would love to read it oh, yeah, yeah well, I would love you. to read it mm okay, thank you, yeah, and um wow uh rashida um any any um you know sort of closing thoughts around around the work and and your you know your artistic uh, and spiritual contribution to um, to enlivening you know um, the message, the text. You know um, with uh-huh. you know this really your beautiful voice. Um.
6: Um, I think that for me, this being my second time doing it, and and having experienced it the first time it's now I feel kind of like the music is a reprieve for people in the middle of mm-hmm. all of this intensity, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot that's coming at people <laughs> for the, mm-hmm. you know, for the entire play. And so I feel like it's the song gives people kind of a break and also brings in something familiar. Most people have heard these songs at some point, you know. I grew up mm-hmm. singing these songs. So for me, um, this has been, this happening now is, is, is so interesting. I was sharing with Regina, a mutual friend of ours, Ellen, actually the woman who uh, was the artistic director for the human rights program that we met at. She mm-hmm. was the director of a play, the very first play that I was in 30 years ago when I was nine years old.
3: <laughs> you mean and Ellen's so, K.?
6: Yes, and oh, wow. so she she directed the first play that I was in called The Sanctified Church, which um, wow. I played a young Zora Neale Hurston, and Louisa Teach mm. played adult Zora. And so, uh-huh. a few weeks ago, Ellen posted a picture of me when I was nine and a picture of me now while I was performing and, Mm -hmm. you know, said, you know, time traveling, Rashida Chase, the Sanctified Church, 1989. And it Mm. was just like, wow, that was, it was 30 years ago, you know, when I first Mm. started Mm -hmm. in theater. And now here I am 30 years later with a friend of the woman who got me started in theater (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing this work for the girls girls in my city, you know. And um mm-hmm. anybody who knows me knows how much I love my city and the work that I do um to really like raise the consciousness about the value of artists and the importance of art, importance of artists in our community and why you know we need to preserve and uh maintain our culture here in Oakland particularly and mm-hmm. um so for me this is it's just, it's very timely and i'm just excited and it's going to be interesting to see you know there're a lot of calls to action right now and i feel like this is something that's really important and everything is kind of converging to actually create some change and make some things happen so i'm excited mm-hmm. for this one.
0: yeah yeah right, right well, congratulations um you know regina for um you know getting getting this run of this really important Thank work you. and uh yeah, yeah, oh, you're quite welcome and and rashida you know to to add your voice you know to the work, and so we just need to um you know you know see it again with the dancer right, um
3: yeah and uh
0: <laughs> and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah That iteration, too bad you can't add the dancer To this one <laughs>
3: I know, right but I, I know.
0: Yeah, but I guess theater is not I mean, well some theater is improvisational But That's a particular kind of theater she,
3: she, she, Well maybe when we that?
0: get
6: to the Maybe when we get to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival Or one of the bigger yes. festivals Then we can do that's that
0: right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah They we'll have a new director yeah, that's a great idea. Well you have to let me know yeah. when that happens, Regina, so I can come on <laughs> you know, make that trek up to uh to Oregon to, to see the work, um, you know, in that iteration. Wow, that would be maybe we could just like do a few bus loads, you know, a yeah, right? every day. That,
3: that would, would be nice. amazing, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we be. It would be really amazing. Yeah, that's a great yeah, that's a a great um, you know, sort of projection. Yeah. But in the meantime mm-hmm. it's in Oakland. <laughs> yeah. At the Black yeah. Building, which is a really wonderful wonderful location. Fifteen oh one, Martin Luther King Junior Way. Um and uh wow and so several performances will be followed by conversations with local anti trafficking advocates. And wow, it's really something that California is the US state, United States most affected by human trafficking and Oakland is a national hub for underage sex trade. It's like
3: yeah, oh, wow. Crazy. We don't want to be known Crazy. for
0: that. No. Yeah. No. Not, not a good
3: all. legacy.
0: Yeah. No, uh-uh. and um, so people, you know, this is a this is a call to action. Uh, you will not want to sit on your hands after you experience this work. And um, for tickets, um, and also for more information, people can visit Ubuntu theater ubuntutheaterproject.com uh, forward slash letters, and then. Um, Regina, do you have, um, like, Regina's Door? Why don't you give that information and your own website? Um, and, Rashida, yeah, if you have one, you can give yours too. Um,
5: my website is reginasdoor.com. Um, they can follow me on Facebook and um, Instagram at Regina's Door. I update my Facebook page in, um, the most. Um, and, yeah, that's it, um,
3: Rashida.
6: Uh, for me, uh, people can find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, Rashida Chase Music. So, okay. yeah, yeah, really easy to find me. I'm very Googleable. And if you that want to find any awesome. music, there's music on YouTube. You can YouTube my name and stuff comes up. Yay. <laughs>
3: All right, cool,
6: cool, super. Wow.
0: Well, thank you both so much um, for joining. Uh, Joining me today, you know, to talk about the work um and um and, and your advocacy, um, you know, Regina and Rashida and you know, keeping these these names um, you know, of our ancestors and of our young people who need our protection, you know, keep their names lifted up so that people won't look away. Um yes. even, you know, when they see when they see them 'cause it's really obvious yes. you know, that this yes. is what's happening. And, and hopefully, right. you know, um they'll be able to get away because it's not easy. Um when something becomes normalized that's detrimental like this.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, yeah. Normalized, right. that's it. That's right. the word. That's the word.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well actually I um I I found um this song River Rise, which I didn't know. By India Ari. so we're going to close our conversation, you know, with this piece. Okay. I hope I, I didn't listen to it. Yes. So hopefully, there are no commercials at the beginning of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful song.
0: Yeah, yeah, she is just she just channels so much of you know ancestral wisdom through her work, right?
3: She's mm-hmm. um, looks
0: so beautiful in her her work. I mean, you know, um, Jill Scott, we've got some sisters that are just really. You know singing our story, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and that's, you know mhm
5: that song was good for the it was beautiful it was um sherry miller who's the she works at um theater first she she chose that song for that iteration and it was perfect, yeah mhm
0: mhm, oh yeah, yeah, I just saw sherry because you know they um they just did um a a stage reading of um Citizen of American Lyric. Um and uh and she was there and Sherry is what is she? Um uh she's the what is her title at um Theater First? Um she's the house manager, I think she's
5: right? House manager, yep, I think so, yep.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. So here we are and um look forward to seeing you in the theater, um okay. to be sad. Um <laughs> no. and inspired and and um and you know and, and giving a you know sort of uh what do you call it uh direction like like an, a directive like you got to do something like you don't even have yeah. to say it. Um, seeing those baby nope. dolls all I don't know how many of them are there, um, Regina, because they keep on getting more and more and more. How many dolls are there?
5: There's four now. There's four because I put two in
0: the audience. Uh-huh. I see two okay. in the audience. Okay.
5: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just
5: right up huh. front. Oh
0: my goodness. Right up front. They have their, their own seat. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay.
5: Yeah, yeah because these babies <laughs> are being trafficked, but they're also watching. They're also have a visual to their own um, degradation. When they're seeing mm-hmm. other girls, and so they're actually watching it, so that's trauma too, you mm-hmm. know. And so yeah. I put them there for that purpose, mm-hmm. so people can actually mm-hmm. kind of make the connection. Not only is it happening to them, they're actually watching it happen to other other young women. So
3: mm-hmm. and
5: then, wow. yeah, girls and boys. So yep. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Well you all take good care and have a great rest of the okay. day and thank you so much for this great conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh Regina look forward to getting um you know, um the script, you know, when you get a moment so I can read it.
5: Okay, I, tr- I sent it to you.
0: Oh you did? Oh, okay, super. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, thank you again.
6: Okay.
5: <laughs> thank all you. Right. One you take
0: day. good care. Sure. Okay. You too. All thank, all
6: right. thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks, Regina. No,
3: thank you. Bye. There was always a power I could feel. It was guidance to tell me the way to go. But nowadays, I feel like I can't hear that voice. I've been flying blind. I need you to come and be my eye. we be doing
0: remind everyone that tomorrow at the uh, san francisco main library uh it's going to be a virtual event there is going to be a really wonderful um poetry reading sort of looking at afrofuturism as the topic and um, i'm going to pull up the details on that so that you can uh i can tell you the details tell you so who's gonna be reading without sort of thinking about it like, okay, what do I remember? Uh Kim Shuck, who is the uh the current uh poet laureate for the city of San Francisco, her tenure is up. Um, she is um going to be the moderator and um and they're gonna be these wonderful, wonderful um uh poets. And among them Ishmael Reed, uh, Doctor Glenn Paris, um Avacha, uh, Stajabu, and uh, Tarita Terita And I was looking to see um looking to see what time the um the poetry reading is. I'm thinking I'm thinking seven
3: <laughs>
0: but um I'm not Positive. So what I suggest is you go to the San Francisco Public Library website and just check the time because I don't want you to miss it. And I'm doing a search right now. And um, let me see, try one more direction, San Francisco. Oh, and while I'm looking for this, um, I wanted to let you know that the Museum of the African Diaspora is going to be having day long they've been doing this for many years like um they've been doing it uh, you know in you know in person and then now they're shifting it to a um a virtual setting, but I think they might actually have some distance activities too um if I'm not mistaken, so you should definitely um and they're family friendly you should definitely check out the um san francisco uh um, main library not library excuse me this san francisco um, Museum of the african diaspora and uh um, and and see what the offerings are for 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 monday um as i said they they have a tradition of doing really really wonderful work and I am not seeing the oh wait a second i think i've no that's not right, so anyway I don't see it. So it's um it's tomorrow. It might be 7, uh, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome, and uh, you don't want to miss it. So go to the website and check it out. And look forward to talking to you again on Friday. Uh, Martin Luther King, Jr.'s birthday, he will be, he would have been, uh since he was born in 29, 92. Wow, isn't that amazing? Wow, and he died, he was killed when he was 39. Wow, my goodness, so young. So you take good care. Be safe.